0: Hi, hello. So um, first of all, you might notice that I'm talking at a much lower volume than usual. That's because it's pretty late at night and I don't want to disturb my neighbors or anything like that. Um, Also, I've been trying to work on finding my podcast voice. Um, I'm still not really sure how I want to, you know, approach this. Because like I said, I wasn't really serious about this podcast. It was just something that I was doing to, you know, just have a little hobby on the side of teaching. But, um, you know, as I've been doing it, I've noticed that I've started to, I'm starting to enjoy it a lot more than when I first started. Um, so I wanted to just get on here and talk really briefly Because I haven't been uploading as much as I've wanted to. Um, I wanted to upload maybe a few times a week. But, as you can tell, it's been quite a minute. And, I haven't been uploading. (laughs) So, um, I wanted to try to, you know, just catch up a little bit. And, um... You know talk about a few questions. So the questions that I'm talking about today are questions that have been sent by my friends and these are all related to teaching or living in Korea as a foreigner. So um, that is pretty much the main topic of this podcast um, as of now. So um, depending on how much time I have I will answer some questions now And then I might have to make a part two of this answering some other questions um, that are left over. So let's go ahead. Um, I have the questions here. I'm gonna pull them up. And the first question, I'm not gonna say my friend's names, but (laughs) I guess I'll say their initial. So the first question is from M. (laughs) And she wants to know what is the toughest part um, for you? So I don't know if that meant the toughest part teaching or the toughest part of living in Korea but I will answer both Um, so first of all the toughest part of living in Korea obviously is just being in a foreign environment you know any person who moves to a new country um, when you go there as a foreigner you're just gonna feel a little bit weird you're gonna feel a little out of place Um, obviously you won't feel like that forever you know eventually you can become more comfortable and you can start to feel more at home, but obviously the toughest part is just being in a foreign country and being different from everyone, you know, not being fluent in the language, not um, being able to find things, not knowing how to do things. Um, I remember taking my TEFL course and that was one of the main difficulties we talked about, not knowing how to do things, you know, where to go for this. You know, where, how, how can I send a package home? All of these different questions, you know, just not knowing the methods of basic everyday life. You know, when I first got here, I didn't even know how to throw out my trash, you know, back in 2018 because it was a completely different system. So you're moving to, you know, a whole new life. So that's going to be tough anyway. But like I said, you get through it. You can get over it. (laughs) I don't want to say get over it. You get through it there I will say through not over um toughest part about teaching um I will say toughest part about teaching is the first year (laughs) the first year of teaching because that is the year that you're making all of your mistakes you barely know what you're doing you barely have any experience in the field but when you walk into that classroom the students are expecting you know someone who knows what they're talking about the students are expecting a quality lesson your co-workers are expecting you to give some quality. And so, you know, that's a lot of press pressure on you, I guess. Because for me, you know, I wanted to be, you know, the good teacher so that I wanted, you know, to be seen as someone who knew how to teach, who was good at teaching. But obviously, when you first start something, you're not going to be perfect. You know, you're probably never going to be perfect anyway. But when you first start, especially, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to trip up. You're going to, you know, make some lessons that are completely boring. You're going to make some lessons that just fall apart. And that's okay. But, you know, that can be pretty tough. That can get people down in the dumps because they're like, wow, you know, I want to be good at teaching so bad. But why do I keep messing up? but i promise you know the longer you do it the more practice you have just like anything else you get better as you go along um other than that another tough part of teaching would just be um you know trying to connect with the students i only say this because you know um as a teacher one of the main things you want to do is connect with your students you want to give them that equal attention, let them know that they're cared for. But sometimes, you know, if you have hundreds and hundreds of students like I do, it's hard to do that for every single student. And, you know, some students might feel left out. They might feel like, you know, oh, one group is getting all the attention. So that is really tough because you have to keep that balance between everyone because, you know, you're there for every single student, not just particular group so that can be um, pretty tricky but um the same thing with teaching in general you just get the hang of it as you go along it gets easier my first year honestly the beginning was pretty tough but now that I'm at the end of the first year I'm a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident than I was before all right so um I will move on to the next question I am talking a little bit fast today because they sent a lot of questions here. Um, But the next question is from G and she says, what if if you don't know Korean? So I guess living in Korea, what if you don't know Korean? Um, You will probably struggle. You know, the struggle bus is pulling up to your doorstep because that, you know, moving to a country and not learning the language is... You know, it's kind of asking for it. You know, if you move to, you know, the U.S. as a foreigner, everyone expects you to learn English. But for some reason, when Eng- English speakers move to other countries, you know, they don't want to learn the other languages. I really don't get that. Granted, sometimes it's genu- genuinely... Oh, can I talk today? Sometimes it's genuinely hard. For people to learn the languages of a different country especially if it's something like Chinese or Japanese like really really hard language um, and especially if they're older because you know languages get harder to acquire as you get older but I feel like you should at least give some effort um I will say here you can survive in Korea without learning Korean I know people who barely know any Korean and they can get by. They're doing just fine. But do you want to just get by? (laughs) Like, is that what you want? Like, if all you care about is just getting by, like if you're only here for a few weeks, a few months or something, you don't have to learn Korean. You know, enough people know English where you can have help and where you can, you know, be able to get around town and go shopping and stuff. You know, English is pretty well known here. But if you're living here for like a longer period of time, you probably want to at least learn how to read Korean. You know, learning how to read Hangul and you know, learning how to pronounce it <laughs> at least. That is the very bare minimum that you should at least do. Um, I recommend just learning as much Korean as you can. Everyone is not going to be able to be fluent. You know, we won't all be Dave from the little YouTube channel. We won't all be completely fluent, but learn as much as you can, you know, as very, very much as you can, because it will be way more helpful for you when you have different situations where sometimes people won't know English. Sometimes the translator will betray you. There have been plenty of times I thought the translator was correct. And it had me seeing some crazy mess, (laughs) okay? So, um, yeah. If you don't know Korean, you can survive, you can get by, but it's better to learn the language. Anyway, if you're going to live in a different country, it's better to learn as much of that language as you can. So, I feel like I answered the question, but also, like, you know, contradicted my own answer, so... Just answering it, yes, you can get by without knowing Korean, but just don't do that. Like, don't, don't do it to yourself. It, it'll it save you a lot of trouble, um, if you learn a bit. All right. So I'm probably going to answer, like, one more question because, like I said, it's pretty late at night right now. Um, oh, this next question is very similar to one that I talked about already. How do you become close with your students? Um, not too close, like good teacher close, still got that respect. That's the whole question. So how to get, gain an appropriate relationship with the students, basically. Um, it depends, you know, it depends on your personality. It depends on your student's personality. My golden rule is that I'm not going to try to be anyone other than myself. I'm not gonna walk in this classroom and act like I'm a tough, you know, hardcore teacher when that's not my personality. I want to be able to be myself, even as I'm teaching my class. Of course, there are certain things that I can't say, certain things that I can't do because it's inappropriate, but, you know, keeping professionalism and also keeping my own personality is what I think is the best way to establish a good relationship with your students because they don't want something that's fake. You know, of course you can walk in and you can try to be, you know, all bubbly and like all these teachers that you see on TV. But at the end of the day, you're not those teachers. You are you. So you have to, first of all, be yourself. That sounds like such a cliche rule, but you know, If you're outgoing, if you like to talk about culture, then bring that to your classroom. Bring your personality to your classroom. Nobody wants a dry cardboard teacher. Nobody wants a teacher that's just trying to be super, super perfect and, you know, not showing any type of anything. (laughs) They want someone with personality. Now, whether or not they like your personality... That's pretty much up to them. You can't control that, but that's just like anyone else. You can't control if people like your personality or not. That's natural, you know? So that's the first step, just be yourself. Second step, talk to them. Um, These days and um, when I first started, because of Corona, I don't have as much of a chance to talk to my students, you know, just outside of class. But I have been trying a lot more than usual, you know, as the cases decline and as the situation gets better, you know, I try to talk to them, learn more about them, learn what they like, learn what they dislike, you know, what type of things are they into? These are very, very important. Usually at the beginning of the semester or throughout the semester, I throw in some icebreakers. Icebreakers are perfect for learning about your students learning what type of things they enjoy or incorporate these questions into your activities you know i had different assignments where they could talk about their favorite music or their favorite this you know (laughs) so get to know them whether it be talking to them one-on-one talking to them in a group or just giving them some assignment where you learn more about who they are you know there are many ways to get to know a student but you want to interact to the point where you have pretty much a good understanding of what they're interested in because if you don't know what they're interested in how are you going to cater the class to them how are you going to have a student-centered class without knowing anything about your students see like you you have to know something about them you don't have to know their whole life story Like that, that's not necessary, but, you know, you want to at least have a good understanding of where they're coming from, you know, and what type, I guess, what type of things motivate them. Because some of my students, you know, they really like activities where they can get up and move around. Some of them prefer activities where they just stay seated. You know, some of them really like writing. Some of them really like speaking. So, you know, I try to mix all of these things to make it a more student-centered approach in the classroom. Um, other tips on becoming closer with students. Being, like, respectful. <laughs> um, I know that sounds weird, but I see a lot of teachers who get power crazy. You know, they go on this power trip and they're like, I'm in charge, I'm the boss, you know, you got to listen to me. I make the rules. But it's like you, yes, you make the rules. Yes, you're in charge. But also these students are also people like at the end of the day, they have feelings. They have, you know, their own mind too. So who are you to just disregard their feelings and treat them? You know any type of way you want to treat them with the same respect that you expect from them as well you know you don't want to just say oh they're just kids so it doesn't matter no it does matter <laughs> you know you want to respect them um just as much as you want them to do you um but even with all of this said you know being yourself talking to them and getting to know them showing them respect you also don't want to cross a certain line Um, I've seen this done many times and it kind of backfires because some teachers become so close with students and, you know, they drop the level of professionalism that they need. So the students actually start disrespecting them. The students start treating them, you know, like they're the same age pretty much. So you do want to draw a line. You do want to, you know... Be friendly with them, you know, have a good time, but there has to be some boundaries set as well. There has to be a point where you say, hey, you know, you guys can't do that. Still want to show your role as the teacher, but you don't have to go crazy with it. (laughs) Like, you want to know who's in charge, but you don't have to be a dictator. (laughs) That's the thing. So... I think it's a lot about balance it's also a lot about just giving it time when you first come to a school when you get new students or when new freshmen come into your school you're not going to be immediately close with them it takes time I personally did not feel that close with many of my students until the second semester Um, the first semester especially because we were online it was still kind of awkward but after the second semester that's when things really really you know started to become better as far as relationships so you know just give it time just be patient and you're not going to be close with every student i know that sucks but you're not <laughs> you know you're not close with every single person you meet are you so the same thing works for students. You're not going to be close with every single student, but that doesn't mean you have to have a bad relationship with them. You can still have a pretty good, you know, relationship as a student teacher without being super, super close with them. So, yeah, um, again, not sure if that actually answered the question or if I was just talking around in circles. I hope it helped a little bit um, just to summarize. Be you, do you, boo. <laughs> um, that was the first tip. The second tip was... I don't even remember the second tip. Oh, interact with them, talk with them, get to know them. The third tip was respecting them. And then the fourth tip was keeping... um, You know, keeping your place as a teacher. So not dropping that professionalism to a point where... The students, you know, don't see you as an authority anymore because that would not be good, (laughs) especially when you're trying to get stuff done. So, yeah, um, I guess I'll just end it by saying, you know, is teaching is a journey in general. Moving to a different country is a whole different journey in and of itself. When you combine those two, it's going to be pretty, pretty wild, you know, um, but as I keep saying throughout this whole thing, it's a process, you know, just like everything else, sometimes you're going to have to just make mistakes. <laughs> like my first semester, I made a lot of mistakes. I had a lot of awkward moments with students, but you know what I did? I just learned from it. So um, all of these questions. So the three questions we talked about, what is the toughest part of living in Korea and being a teacher? What if you don't know Korean? And then the third question was how to become close with students. Next time, I will talk about a few other questions related to lesson plans, related to my everyday life. Someone asked about lunchtime, school administration, so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. So, So, um, if you've listened this far, thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys later. Bye-bye. Have a great Christmas. Oh, Christmas is over. Have a great New Year. (laughs) Bye-bye.